0: all the nights to run out of milk, Halloween was one of the worst. A pirate waving a plastic sword swaggered through the crosswalk, and a zombie tripping over his own pants stumbled behind him, trying to catch up. Their giant Heinz bottle guardian stopped to pick up the hysterical fairy hanging on his arm, and wipe her nose with a dingy tissue before hurrying after them. I drummed my fingers on the steering wheel, watching the stream of trick-or-treaters parade past the windshield. Along the street, people scurried from house to house, heavy coats over their costumes, and heads bent against the bitter wind stirring the leaves. Rolling clouds washed the world in muted gray. Only windows and Halloween decorations glowed a dull orange. Traffic was crawling through the intersection at the end of my street. The light clicked red, and I nabbed my phone from the cup holder, idly switching between apps. Are we there yet? A little voice chirped. I glanced out the passenger window to see a crowd of costumed kids milling on the sidewalk, waiting to cross. The light turned green. I tossed my phone into the passenger seat and eased around the corner, grateful to be in lighter traffic. Hopefully the store would be deserted. I could hurry home turn out the lights to ward off the trick-or-treaters and find a cheesy movie on TV. Did you hear me? The radio was off and my phone asleep in the seat next to me. I peered out the window, looking for the source of the little voice. Hello? Something bumped my seat and I quickly looked over my shoulder. A little green dragon sat in the back seat. A round, cherub face looked out at me from between the gaping jaws. What the hell? A horn blared, and I jerked my car back into the lane. The rear-view mirror showed the little dragon, still sitting there. A red light flashed ahead, and I slammed on the brakes. The seatbelt tightened across my chest and my phone flew onto the floor. I twisted around to frown into the back seat. Where did you come from? (laughs) Laughter gurgled out of his throat. He drummed his heels and watched cars through the window, humming to himself. The tip of a plush tail poked over his shoulder and a grinning plastic pumpkin sat on his lap. I poked one of his big, purple-clawed feet. It was soft and solid. Behind me, a car roared through the intersection, booming bass rattling the windows. How did you get in here? I asked, but he ignored me. A driver honked an angry staccato, and I jerked through the intersection, searching the street lined with houses and empty lots for somewhere to pull over or turn around. "'Are we there yet?' the little voice asked. My knuckles whitened on the steering wheel. "'Where are we supposed to be going?' "'You're silly.' He giggled. Trick-or-treating. Milk. All I wanted was a gallon of milk, and instead a stray child had materialized in my back seat. "'I'm not taking you trick-or-treating,' I snapped. "'You shouldn't have gotten into my car. "'It's dangerous to get into strangers' cars,' Do your parents know where you are? (gasps) He gasped, and a tiny finger appeared over my shoulder, pointing down the street. Oh, oh, over there! Ahead, a sign for Oakland Estates, nestled among squat, browning trees. Pumpkins and pots of brittle red flowers were arranged around it. No, I flipped on the blinker to pull into a block of storage units. We're going back to find your parents. But before I could turn, the blinker shut off with a decisive snap. The gas pedal sank under my foot, and the steering wheel wrenched out of my hands, jerking the car into traffic. I fumbled with the wheel, tried to jam the shifter into neutral, but the car flew down the street, skidded around the corner, roared past the sign, and jerked to a stop next to the curb. With a half-hearted sputter, the engine died. I sank back in my seat, letting out a shaky breath. The interior light flashed on. In the rear-view mirror, I saw the little dragon scramble out the door, tangling up in the seatbelt, then his own tail. He stood outside my window, waiting. I grabbed at the ignition, but he held up his hand. The plush claws had been pushed back to his wrists, and my keys dangled from his chubby fingers. My door popped open. The seatbelt unfastened itself and slithered over my shoulder. Give me my keys, I croaked, trying to sound angry and failing. He jingled them teasingly. My legs trembled as I stepped onto the sidewalk. I snatched for the keys, but he hopped back. The car doors slammed, and I whirled, diving for the handle, but with a cheery beep, my car locked itself. Through the window, I saw my phone light up with a new text. All right, Chucky, I panted. "'holding out my hand to the little dragon. "'Give me my keys.' "'But he dropped them into his plastic pumpkin "'and snatched my hand with his cold one, "'dragging me toward the nearest house. "'Despite his short legs, I could barely keep up. "'A herd of laughing children rushed past,' Their mother smiled sympathetically as I stumbled by. In a moment, we had reached the porch. The little dragon snatched a candy bar from the overflowing bowl by the door, dumped it into his pumpkin, and pulled me back toward the sidewalk. Stop it! I yelled bracing my legs on the cement and jerking him to a stop, nearly pulling him off his feet. The bustle on the sidewalk quieted. Frowning faces turned to watch, their eyes accusing. The little dragon's hand still held mine, cold and unforgiving. I crouched down, gripping his shoulder with my free hand. Give me my keys, I hissed. No. Green eyes, brighter than his plush scales, brighter than any natural green, looked back calmly. Innocent or childlike, he wasn't. I glanced at the pumpkin on his arm, but he shifted it behind his back. What do you want? I asked, shivering in the cold wind. To go trick or treating. And if I take you trick or treating, you'll give me my keys back? He nodded and smiled. How about you give them back now, and then I take you trick or treating? I said sweetly. He frowned his bottom lip jutting out. How about I tell these nice people you made me get into your car? I gritted my teeth. The chatter and activity around us had resumed. To them, I was just another mother and her child. No one would believe I was the one who had been abducted, not him. Fine, I sighed. He beamed and pulled me to the next house. An old man sat on the porch, smiling and shoveling candy into buckets. The little dragon dug through the bowl until he'd found a chocolate bar. A giant inflatable skeleton wearing a top hat and sitting on a pumpkin swayed in the wind. Paper ghosts whirled and fluttered in the tree branches. "'He really went all out,' I muttered. "'He should enjoy it,' the little dragon said as we walked to the next house. "'He'll be dead by next year.' "'His bubbly laugh sent shivers up my spine. "'I stared over my shoulder at the old man, "'happy and still very much alive in the orange glow of his decorations,' but the little dragon was pulling me to the next house. I tried to yank my hand away, but his cold grip tightened until my fingers numbed. Who? What are you? I whispered. Maybe I'm the who, and you're the what, he said indignantly. His green tail lashed out to ring the doorbell. I stood in a dumb lump, barely realizing the door had opened. Oh my goodness, look at you! A woman in a thick wool sweater with a jack-o'-lantern embroidered on it bent down to smile at him. What's your name, little dragon? His arm slid around my leg, and he hid his face against my thigh, peering at her with one eye. The woman looked expectantly up at me, but her smile faded when I stared blankly back. Are you all right, little dragon? she asked quietly. No one else seemed to notice his unearthly green eyes or the cold smile. He was only a three-foot dragon. Sam, I blurted. His name is Sam. He laughed against my leg, his small fingers digging into me. I smiled thinly, resisting the urge to shake him off. The woman held out a stainless steel bucket of candy, and the dragon slid away from me to pick through the hard candy and suckers until he plucked up a Kit-Kat. "'Do you have a name?' I asked, when he led me down the sidewalk. "'Yes,' was all he said. I looked back at the woman, now smiling down at a princess in pink and a ninja. "'What about her?' He tilted his head, listening. "'Years. "'How do you know that?' His green eyes flashed under the dragon head, but he didn't answer. I tried to wiggle my hand free, and his grip tightened. Leaves shuffled under our feet. Loud voices and laughter spun on the wind. The light receded into darkness, leaving pools of orange around the houses. The dragon waddled cheerfully down the sidewalk, taking in everything with big eyes, feigning shyness with strangers, and stopping at every house to fill his pumpkin. But his cold hand never left mine. I trudged behind him, shivering in the cold, I'd lost sight of my car and any sense of direction in the maze of streets and houses. He finally stopped on a street corner and dropped my hand to reach into the pumpkin hanging from his arm. I watched hopefully, but he pulled out a candy bar and held it up to me, a pleading look on his face. My cold fingers fumbled with the wrapper "'Don't you like holozine?' he asked. "'At the moment, I hated it. "'I shrugged and handed him the opened candy bar. "'Once I was too old for costumes, I didn't see much point. "'His cold hand took mine again, "'and I crammed my other into my jeans pocket. "'He looked both ways before hopping off the curb,' "'and leading me across the street. "'You'd rather eat the candy yourself,' he said, "'with a toothy, chocolatey grin. "'I snorted. "'That, too.' "'He hopped each crack in the sidewalk as we went, "'the pumpkin full of candy swinging on his arm "'and the plush tail bouncing.' When he finished the candy bar, he handed me the empty wrapper. Adults don't get too old for costumes, he said. You just get better at wearing them. Please let me go, I murmured, flexing my hand against his cold grip, but his fingers held me tighter. Down the street, a loudspeaker in someone's yard let out a cackling laugh. The little dragon cocked his head at a house with darkened windows, then pulled me down the sidewalk. What about me? I asked quietly. Do you know when I die? His little face looked solemnly up at me. I like you, so I won't tell you. "'Why not?' I asked, frowning. "'You told me how long those other people had to live.' "'I could have been lying. "'You drove my car. I know you're not—' "'I glanced around and lowered my voice. "'I know you're not human. Tell me. "'Why do you want to know?' "'I wasn't sure I did. I licked my chapped lips.' certainty, I guess knowing how much time you have left you'd know to make the best of it know what you're counting down to you should go back and tell them when they'll die then he grinned and I half-heartedly tried to pull my hand away I'm sure they'd appreciate that he said they'd think I'm crazy maybe you are A plastic skeleton with a noose around its neck, hung from a tree near the sidewalk. And he dragged a small hand through the bones, making them dance and rattle. Humans are strange creatures. Death is the only certain thing you have, yet you're so terrified of it. I don't think you like certainty as much as you say you do. When I'd left home, I was certain I'd only be gone a few minutes. Certain I was alone in my car. Certain that children with demonic powers were just something from horror movies. And I was certain I wanted all of that back. Somewhere we'd left the houses behind. Their orange glow fading into shadow. We were following a narrow lane. Around us, tombstones loomed out of the darkness. Fog billowed between the graves, erasing the road. Wet grass and brittle leaves rustled under my feet. This is a strange place for a cemetery, I whispered, but the night quickly stifled my voice. The mist closed in, stranding us on a dark island. The dragon whispered next to me, his voice distant. Don't let go. I clung to his cold hand Ahead a gold light flickered One moment bright, the next gone As we drew closer, I saw a bonfire and people dancing around it But no warmth came with the light There were women in long skirts, men in heavy vests, like something out of an antique painting laughter and music hung in the air above them bare branches gleamed in the light of the flames no glow of a distant city touched the sky it was a black night lit only by stars the cold hand pulled me to a stop at the edge of the firelight Should we tell them they're dead? That they're gone and turned to dust? The little dragon stood next to me, but in the shadows, his soft plush shifted and swayed like fur. His tail, now thin and tufted, flicked restlessly. His hand felt clawed in mine. The fire crackled. Scattering sparks into the night The dancers' shadows twisted on the pale fog Taking on shapes of their own A bit of dust held together by time, he whispered Let go, and it vanishes in the wind Here, you're not even a whisper of a thought Not alive or dead Your beginning was from nothing tell you the end and you may as well have met it already his green eyes flared in the dark and he yanked me into the wild dance the shadows strobed thin angular figures twirling and leaping in the fog there was no earth beneath my feet or sky above my head only darkness and light, fire and stars whirling and a cold hand pulling me into nothingness. Ma'am? Are you all right? A young woman wearing a witch hat and holding a bowl of candy stood in front of me watching me with an anxious expression. Her yard was full of plastic tombstones and fluttering trash bag ghosts. The little dragon's hand slipped away from mine. Fine, I murmured. I staggered along behind him after that, my arms wrapped around myself, not needing his cold hand to keep me at his heels. "'What did I do?' I asked, trembling. "'Do?' "'To deserve this. "'Is it because I didn't get candy for the trick-or-treaters? "'Is it because I hate pumpkin spice?' The little dragon cocked his green head at me. "'You didn't do anything.' "'Then why bring me here?' I yelled, not caring anymore if anyone heard. "'Why drag me through hell? What's next? The ghost of Halloween future?' He laughed uproariously, clutching his plush tummy. "'You were an interesting diversion,' but now it's time for us to part ways. He reached into his pumpkin and pulled out my keys, handing them to me. I stared at my car parked by the curb. Down the street, a single light illuminated Oakland Estates in white letters. We'd never turned around... But somehow, there it was. The sidewalk was deserted. Lights in the houses were flickering out. Just like that? I asked. He looked soberly up at me, one hand keeping his dragon head from sliding off. Be careful driving home, he said. And look both ways, even if the light is green. A cold itch crept up my back. Why would you tell me that? I stared down at the keys in my hand, panic clenching my throat. I'm going to die, aren't I? That's why you brought me here. I shoved the keys back into his pumpkin. I can walk then. Or call an Uber. It doesn't work like that, he said. Then tell me. I dropped to my knees on the sidewalk and grabbed his plush arms. Enough with the tricks, just tell me. Pull yourself together, he snapped. I know I can't stop you, but please, whatever you're going to do to me, I just want to know what it is. The little dragon sighed irritably. This is what I mean. You weren't afraid before, even when you were going to die. And now that you're not, you're falling to pieces. I stared at him. What do you mean I was going to die? His green eyes watched me sadly. You don't pay attention when you drive. But it wasn't your fault. I sat on the cold cement and watched the wind pile leaves against my car tire. Somewhere between my home and the store, I died, or had been meant to. An ugly crunch, metal and glass spraying across the road, flashing lights and a backlog of traffic to mark my passing. I'd already run out of time, counted down my last minutes, and not even realized it. I'm not already dead, am I? I asked hesitantly. The dragon snorted. No. Then you saved my life. He tilted his head to one side, listening before a smile spread across his face a bit of chocolate still smudged the corner of his mouth I could be lying life had never felt so vivid or so tenuous like a thin strand of brightly colored thread stretched taut what am I supposed to do now? I asked whatever you want He rocked on his plush feet, the pumpkin dangling from his hand. He looked so small. Are you sure you'll be all right out here alone? I asked. It's cold. He grinned with pointed teeth, his black pupils narrowing to thin slits. It's my night. You are the ones who should be afraid. He hopped past me. When I looked over my shoulder, he had disappeared. A little further down the street, an old man sat on a bench, leaning on a cane and picking candy out of a plastic pumpkin sitting next to him. He lifted his head. My keys had appeared in my hand. When I opened my car door, a gallon of milk, Still cold sat on the front seat. An envelope lay next to it. The word certainty scrawled across it. I ran my fingers over the rough paper before I let the wind take it and toss it into the red leaves. I'd rather count up than down. I'm not Today's episode of Tiny Tales was written and narrated by R.E. Rule. Music and production by Frank Narott. If you enjoy our show, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Join us on Patreon for as little as $1 per month to gain exclusive access to the Tiny Tales soundtracks. Visit us at tinytalespodcast.com for details. Thanks for listening.